I'm excited for you because God wanted me to share with you about the road to breakthrough. Amen. Um, how many of you know sometimes it takes a little bit to receive an answer to prayer? You ever had that? Nobody? Just me, huh? All right. Um, <laughs> let me just say this. From the time that you start believing for your miracle or from the time that you begin to pray until you receive the manifestation, that's the road to breakthrough. How many of you know that from the time you begin believing or begin praying until you receive the manifestation of that answer, it's not always easy in the middle. <laughs> it's not always easy. Um, and let me just read here. Breakthrough, what is it? It's an act or an instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Moving through means you're going to come up against some things. Um, an instance of passing through a barrier. That means that along the way there may be uh, roadblocks and, and hindrances that arise to try to hinder you from receiving that breakthrough or that answer to prayer. A biblical um, definition is um, it's most simply described as heaven manifested on earth. It's a byproduct of being in the presence of God as well as authority being given to us through the cross. Breakthrough begins, um, brings the shifting of mountains um, that the world cannot accomplish by itself. Moving mountains that we could not move on our own, right? So breakthrough, let me just say this. You know how um, if there's a testimony, that means there had to have been what? A test. So if there's a breakthrough, you had to have come against some things to break through it, right? And so I think a lot of times that when we're believing God for something, we're praying for an answer to prayer and, and hindrances and, and trials arise and conflict arises and, and circumstances arise, a lot of times the enemy uses those things to try to discourage us, to get us to give up and, and let go and just like go a different direction. Abraham, for example. <laughs> He got a promise from the Lord, and he waited quite a long time, stood on that promise, you know. But then he's like, well, you know, we're going to have to help God out here. <laughs> he came against some things that came against his mind, and that's where the battlefield is. Stuff must have come against his mind, hindrances, conflicts, circumstances that made him believe, well, it's just not happening. And that's exactly what the enemy would love you to believe. And we need to realize and have an awareness that the road to breakthrough is not an easy road. Otherwise, we wouldn't have to break through anything. So as we look in the word of God, and I want to show you this so that you have clarity of where you actually are on your road. <laughs> As we look through the word of God, it's very common that this road of breakthrough is not always easy. How many of you know the enemy would love for you not to receive the promises of God? Do you think he's going to sit by and watch you just receive everything you're praying for and let it happen? Absolutely not. So he's going to send his cohorts. He's going to send the enemy's, um, you know, warriors out to try to hinder you, distract you, detour you, and discourage you so that you will give up hope and faith in God. He doesn't want you to have breakthrough. 
So he's going to send controversy. So we need to understand when we're believing God for something, that there comes plans and attacks of the enemy that will try to cause you to stumble, lose hope, and give up. But we need to be reminded today that promises, God said his promises, whatever he's declared to you, whether from the word or by the spirit of God, he says, my promises, I'm already answering the answer to your prayers. My promises are yes, and my answer is amen. That means so be it, that settles it. doesn't matter what circumstances come your way. It doesn't matter how it looks like. It doesn't matter what conflict or what roadblocks arise. My answer is already yes and amen. So be it, that settles it. Amen? So we need to have that assurance in our heart when we go into prayer or we, we're starting to believe God for some kind of breakthrough, some kind of miracle, because there's been things coming against us, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, whatever kind of breakthrough you're believing God for, there's something that needs to be broken in order for you to get through. It's so amazing. God's so amazing. I love, he says, out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And man, he made himself so clear to me this week, not just for me, but for the body of Christ. And, and, and when I mentioned this word to a couple people, it's like I was hearing everybody saying, that's what the body of Christ is going through. That's what everyone's going through. This is the need. And I was like, wow. So he's having me receive this word, and it's the way it always is, but sometimes I just need to wake up. But when, he, when I go through something and I receive a, a revelation or illumination of the word of God, it's actually what the body of Christ is going through. Do you ever hear of a word of knowledge? Sometimes you can sense or feel or go through the same things that the body is going through. And in order for you to sometimes receive breakthrough, I need to have the revelation to give you the word that will bring you into breakthrough. And I believe, and that's why I'm excited today, that God's going to do that for you. So as I was talking to the Lord, and, and I'm, I'm a very big stickler. I'm, I'm really, really persistent at reminding God of what he said. He said, bring back to his remembrance of the things that he has promised you or the things that he has said. Because I know God doesn't lie. So I probably do it more than most people several times a day. <laughs> Lord, you said. Lord, you said. And Lord, you said. I thank you, God, that you said, and your faithfulness endures. I thank you, God, that you said, and your promises are yes and amen, okay? And so this is me. And does it mean that things look like it's headed in that direction? Absolutely not. Does it mean that it feels like things are headed in that direction? Probably not. And so then I go to pray again, and I'm like, Lord, look, you said, right? So anyways, I'm in this time of just... Um, praying to God and spending time with God and telling him what I always do, which is his promises, reminding him. And a friend of mine um, sent me a text, which is really cool, really powerful, and I believe it's not just for me, but for you. She said that the Lord says to you this morning, my promises are yes and amen. I am faithful to fulfill my word and complete the work I began, which is really similar to what Pastor Nick just spoke. My rainbow has no breaks and no cracks. The word of my promise is a full and complete circle. Circumstances will never dictate my faithfulness over your life. Your every need is seen and being met because I am always interceding on your behalf and I never stop moving everything towards my purpose. Your whole world is held in my hands. 
some of us need to be reminded of that because the circumstances, the conflict, the roadblocks, the, the discouragement is so loud that we can't seem to get past that. But we need to realize the louder the circumstance and, and the bigger the roadblock, it's because the enemy knows your breakthrough's just just beyond that. And I'm going to show you that from the Word of God. So discouragements often try to come against us to get us to lose our hope and give up on our miracle or our breakthrough. We see it in the Word of God because he says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. What is he coming to kill, steal, and destroy? Your breakthrough, your miracle, your promise. What is he trying to steal? Something that was already given to you. He couldn't steal it from you if he didn't have it. We need to realize that the enemy is not just, this is just like a whole bunch of nuggets in, in a message, okay? So the, we need to realize that the enemy is not going to sit by and watch you just receive promise after promise after promise. He is going to try his best to raise controversy, to raise conflict, to bring circumstances that is going to try to get you to give up. Um, it's like a roadblock. And, and so how many of you have ever been um, on your way to your house or somewhere very familiar, and all of a sudden there's a roadblock? Okay. And some of us may turn and, and go on the detour, and some of us may be like, no, no, no. I live just there. This is me. It was about three months of a roadblock on the road to my house. I'm just going to go right around that, and I'm going to keep on going. I don't care if there's a few bumps along the way. I'm going to move past that roadblock, and I'm going to keep on going. The thing is, is that's how we need to live our faith. It doesn't matter what kind of roadblock is in the way. It doesn't matter which direction it tells us to take. You plow through because Jesus is with you. His promises are yes and amen. He said he'll bring you to the other side. So it doesn't matter that there's a storm. It doesn't matter that there's wind and waves. It doesn't matter if you get swallowed by a whale. What he says stays. Yeah. There's a reason why God said, fight the good fight of faith. Because there would be a fight. There would be a battle. First Timothy 6.12 tells us, fight the good fight of faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called you. Or hold tightly to the promise that God's given you. Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, to the words God has spoken. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. To give up would be to say, God, you lied. To help him out would be, God, I don't think you can do this. How many times have we given up hope because of circumstance? When the only reason there's circumstance, the only reason there's conflict is because the enemy sees that you're on your way to breakthrough. Or else he wouldn't even send 
anyone to try to hinder you. Some of us are on our way to some massive breakthrough. You can consider it cheerleaders on the enemy's side if you've been attacked. He's like, they're on their way. Okay. So hold fast to your confession. Hold fast to that promise. Continue to believe and stand in faith for that miracle. Because God has promised you. Don't let the wind, the waves, or the circumstances move you. Paul's like, I was shipwrecked, I was mobbed, I was left for dead, I was thrown in prison, but none of these things moved me. Let that be an example. That doesn't matter what kind of conflict or circumstances arises, that we need to stay steadfast and keep our eyes on the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, spirit, soul, body, or mind, <laughs> of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Well, nobody likes some trouble. Who wants some trouble today? No, we don't like it, right? But God says, count it joy. Get excited. Why? Because controversy has been sent out to try to hinder your, your breakthrough, try to hinder you from walking in the promises of God, which means you are on the right road. So consider it an opportunity to rejoice. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, you become buff. Let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you are going to be perfect, needing nothing. No one can get through this. <laughs> I'm going to pump you up. I don't know what that's from, but I remember it. The devil doesn't realize he's that dumb. I laugh to myself. Not at myself, to myself. The devil's so stupid. And what we need to be aware is, when he comes to try to bring conflict and circumstances, you actually are notified you're on the right road. Because you're to count it joy when these trials try to come against you. Galatians 6, 9 tells us, let's not get tired of doing what is good. Well, why would you get tired? Well, because you're fighting a good fight. You're fighting a warfare that's going to bring you to your answer, but there's conflict, and so you're having to fight in faith and continue to believe, even though that there's things that are trying to come against you that you're having to push against that are trying to hinder God's purpose in your life. He says, don't get tired of fighting. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired of holding fast to your confession of faith. For at just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing. Listen, if you don't throw in the towel, if you don't give up, if you keep on believing. Abraham was called the father of faith. Well, I like that God calls him the father of faith, even though we know he really massively messed up. But he got back on the right track. And he kept believing God in the face of circumstances. Don't tell me that you're given a word and 25 years in, you still don't have the fulfillment of that word, that you don't start possibly having 
a bombardment against your mind of fear that you missed it, of, of, of fear of failure, of feelings of, um, is this ever going to happen? The enemy instantly tries to come to steal the word of God. All along, Abraham was in a fight of faith. And guess what? The end result was he succeeded, so God called him a father of faith. Even though he faced on his road to breakthrough, there was many opportunities to give up. Many opportunities for failure. The key is, when the going gets tough, the tough need to keep going. Keep holding on to your promise and your profession of faith. Keep believing God and, and, and holding on to hope. Do not let circumstances move you. Do not waver from believing that God will be faithful to fulfill his promise. All things are possible with God, so why would we even hesitate to believe just because the enemy, you know, shows himself? God's promises are yes and amen. So the road to breakthrough, you're on it. You haven't mistaken. You haven't, you haven't uh, taken a wrong path just because you've come up with some circumstances or some conflict. You're on the road to breakthrough, especially when conflict tries to come towards you. Especially when the enemy tries to lie to you, deceive you into thinking you're not going to make it. You're not who God says you are. Who are you? How could you do this? How could you do that? The devil's a liar. So that means the opposite is true. And we need to realize that. The devil is a liar. So when you're on your road to, to believing God for miracles or breakthrough, spirit, soul, body, mind, whatever kind of breakthrough or, or answer to prayer you need, conflict or contrary suggestions from the enemy's kingdom will arise to try to get you to come into agreement with that thought. That's why God said, cast down all thoughts, all imaginations that are contrary to my promise or to my word. Why? Because the minute you come into agreement with those thoughts of the enemy, that's pretty much where the thought came to Abraham and he gave and yielded to that thought and they brought forth Ishmael. <laughs> Trouble. But if we've done that, I'm thankful God's mercies are new every morning. He shows right here through Abraham you can get back on the right track and still walk in your, your, your miracle, still receive your miracle, still walk in the promises of God. Hallelujah. Attacks of the enemy are just distractions along the way to try to get you to give up. Just distractions. That, that's a roadblock that you should just move right around and just keep going. Or plow over it, whatever. But in the natural, I usually go around it. <laughs> Kick it down. Let me show you something. In Daniel 10, 1 through 14, Daniel has an angelic visitation, but before that he has a word and a promise from God. And so he gets this warning and, and this, this word, this, this promise from the Lord that there's going to be this, this war, basically. And so he's standing in the gap in prayer and in fasting for a breakthrough, okay? In the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Belshazzar. The oracle, or the word of God, 
was true and concerned a great war. He understands the message and he gained insight through the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was in mourning, in groaning or in intercession prayer. For three whole weeks, he was also in fasting. I ate no rich food, no desserts, no meat, sorry, Clayton, and no wine. None of this touched my mouth, nor did I anoint myself with oil, no baths. Ooh, okay. For three weeks. Now, on to the 24th day, this version says, of the first month. So, so he's already fasted for 21 days. He's been in prayer for 21 days. And now the fast is over. And you'd think, boom, breakthrough. No, but still three more days after. You'd think, oh, I guess the fast didn't work. I'm sure the suggestion came to him. <laughs> I, on the 24th day of the first month, while I was beside the bank of the great river Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked and beheld a man dressed in white linen, a belt of fine gold um, around his waist. His body was like yellow jasper, his face like a flash of lightning, his eyes like fiery torches, his arms and feet were like a gleam of um, burnished bronze. The sound of his words were like the roar of a multitude. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision, so he was with others. But the men who were with me did not see the vision. Nevertheless, a great terror or fear fell upon them, and they fled and hid themselves. So now I'm left alone to see this great vision. My strength is drained, my vigor is destroyed, and I could not summon any strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. When I heard him speaking, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face on the ground. Then, behold, a hand touched me. So he's having like a full-on encounter from the Lord. It's not just like a spiritual sight. He's getting like touched physically. And he touched me, and, and I began trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, highly valued man, carefully consider the words that I am speaking to you. Stand up, for now I have been sent to you. When he spoke this word to me, I stood up trembling. He said to me, don't be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, and other versions say, the first day that you began to believe or pray, your words were heard, and I have come because of your prayer. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and I'm showing you here something very specific from the minute he made a decision in his heart to pray and fast for breakthrough, the answer was already being delivered. But the enemy saw it and sent his cohorts, sent demonic attack to try to hinder the answer from coming to pass. Now, Daniel could probably felt that in the spirit. He probably felt a resistance. He probably felt discouraged. But he, he plowed through the roadblocks, and he continued to fast and pray. And that's what brought the breakthrough, because it says it right here. I was on my way. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia resisted me for 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, talking about angels here, came to help me because I had been detained there with the king of Persia. So there's a fight of faith going on. Now I have come to explain what will happen to your people in the future days for the vision concerning days to come. Now I'm going to stop there. Basically, when we pray, when Daniel prayed, the answer instantly is heard, and the answer is on its way with angels bringing it. 
He went up to get the answer, and it was coming down. The enemy saw him carrying something. Maybe he didn't know exactly what for. But he came and sent his evil spirits to go hinder that answer to prayer. This is what happens when we're believing God for a miracle or an answer to prayer. The enemy sends his, the enemy, he sends his army to bring resistance, conflict, circumstances, to try to get us to give up so that then we don't walk in the promise. We don't receive the fullness of the promise. How many times after believing God for 21 days, maybe even longer, you've been tempted to give up or think maybe I had it wrong? We need to see the word of God and how every time, sometimes we look at the word and we're like, oh, Abraham received the promise and Daniel got an answer to prayer and this and that. But we don't look at the center of when it began and when it ended that on the way there was conflict, there was thoughts, there was doubts, suggestions from the enemy's kingdom that caused a resistance. And it's all about what are you going to do on the road to break through. What are you going to do? Are you going to hold fast and believe that what God spoke is going to come to pass? Or are you going to let it tear you down and get you to be discouraged and give up? We need to not allow the things that come against us physically or mentally hinder us from believing that God is faithful and he will fulfill his promises. Amen? So that's not how you receive an answer to prayer by giving up. I like that God allowed Abraham to kind of mess up. Because it was an example of what not to do and then what to do. <laughs> so we don't give up. We don't try to help God out. We don't try to figure it out. And we don't need to worry about how long it's going to take and when and where and how. What we just need to do is believe that no matter what circumstances, what waves, what storms come our way, God is faithful and he will bring you through that storm to the other side. Daniel had to stand firm in his faith. Continue praying and believing that God was going to answer him and bring the answer of what to do. So we must stand firm in our faith because he is faithful to who he has promised. When we're believing God, that's an opportunity. And when conflict arises, God considers it an opportunity to have great joy. It's working. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to that promise. I'm on my way to that miracle. Otherwise, the enemy wouldn't send anybody. If you're going the wrong way, why would he bother with you? Now you're on the right road because he's trying to hinder you from getting to the end of that road. Amen? This is the road to breakthrough. And God is no respecter of persons, so it's... If, he, if, if you see it in the word and you see Abraham, you see it in the word and you see Daniel, you see it in the word and you see Moses and the Israelites and the road they had to take. There was some conflict and there was some time between the time of promise, 400 plus years, and the time of fulfillment of the promise. 
There was a few things they had to overcome. Think about it. They receive a word, and they have to believe and hold fast that God's going to bring a deliverer. 400 years pass, and all of a sudden, here's the deliverer. Okay? Then the deliverer, you know, it's, it's, things are looking good. There's, there's these plagues, and, and God's demonstrating himself. And they actually get freed, and it's an exciting day. Oh, we're on our way. But then on the road to breakthrough, they have to pass through a Red Sea. They have to believe God. They have to not fear and worry that the, the enemy behind them is going to get them. Then they get through the Red Sea, and they think they made it. And all of a sudden, we have no food. We have no drink. They have to continue to believe God. And they start grumbling and complaining because the enemy is feeding them thoughts like, you're going to starve out here. You would have been better off back there because you had food and water. How many times when we're on the right way and we're believing the promises of God, does the enemy bombard your mind with thoughts or circumstances that says, you were better off back then when you weren't living for God? And we see it demonstrated in the word of God. That's the road to breakthrough. We see the end result is they receive the promised land. But it didn't always come. And actually, I never saw one time in the word that it came easy. When God spoke a promise, he was faithful to fulfill it. But he, he needed the people of God. They're supposed to be people of faith in God to hold on to that promise. And believe that God's a good God and he's faithful. Think about Jesus' road to breakthrough. God sends him uh, to receive the spirit. And he's off in the desert seeking the Lord. And he's tempted by the devil himself. For 40 days. Temptations, tests, trials, bombardments. Attacks against his mind, his spirit, even his physical body yearning for food. Yet, we know he returned in the power of the Spirit. His road to breakthrough was not easy. So just because spirits of discouragement and hindrance have arisen, don't let that get you down and cause you to stay at home from church or cause you to stop serving the Lord or cause you to stop pursuing what God promised you 20 years ago because God is faithful to whom he's promised. But the problem is people give up because of discouragement. If Jesus would have given up in the desert, he would have not returned in the power of the Spirit. He had to take that road to break through. He had to stand fast and hold fast to what God spoke over him. And because he plowed through those roadblocks, he came back in the power of the Spirit. Anybody you see that has received a miracle has taken a road to break through. And if you ask them, they'll probably tell you there were a few tests along the way a few opportunities to resist temptation and cast down thoughts and imaginations. I'd like to interview, if I could, Abraham or Moses and find out what bombarded their minds from the time of the promise to the time of the fulfillment. Because I'm sure there was a whole bunch of opportunities for the enemy. But what we see is that the promise was fulfilled. But what we also need to see is that it wasn't easy. 
And it's not going to be easy for us either because the Lord says that no man is greater than his master. So if we see his road to breakthrough or anyone else in the word of God, it wasn't easy. That means it's not going to be easy for us. That's why he tells us and encourages us, fight the good fight of faith. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And he gives us authority. Behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy so that nothing will by any means hurt us. What does that mean? That means the enemy is going to try to hurt us. He's going to try to bring conflict and, and afflictions are going to arise for the word of God has been released and the enemy doesn't want you to walk in that promise. Let me show you this. We're one of, one of these few people. I hope that we can identify with the last person. But maybe if we see where we're getting it wrong, we'll start walking in more of the promises of God. This is the parable of the sower. Mark 4, 13 through 20. This is just Jesus' interpretation on, he's elaborating to his disciples on what he meant in the parable. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand the other parables? So I'm going to break it down for you. <laughs> the farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to them. In other words, God's word has been delivered to you, okay? A promise has been spoken to you by the word or the spirit. That seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message or the promise or the word of God, and immediately we receive it with joy. We're excited, right? But since you don't have deep roots, they don't last long. You fall away as soon as problems or persecutions for believing God's word or promise come. You give up hope because conflict arises. Just because conflict arises does not mean that word was not true. It's actually the opposite, most likely. The seed that fell among thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things so there's no fruit produced. So you could be somebody who hears the word, you receive it with joy, you're excited about it. However, then the enemy comes to try to snatch it up because problems are arising and you're taken by those promises. You're, you're distracted by those, prom those, those problems, I mean. Then you could be somebody who's like, you know, the word comes, but there's thorns, there's distractions, there's attacks of the enemy that arise. There's worries in life. You're distracted by the natural things. And so your desire for other things, so no fruit is produced from that word. And then the the seed fell upon the good soil, which represents those who hear the word, accept God's word, and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much. So my question is, which one are you? <laughs> we need to think about it. Because what he's talking about here is the road to breakthrough. And which one is going to see the manifestation of what God has spoken or the word that God has released? You're going to be somebody who's going to receive it with joy or, and, and, and all of a sudden when a problem arises, you just, you just lose hope and then the enemy steals it quickly and easily. 
Or are you somebody who, who receives the word, but it's not planted very deep, and there's weeds, meaning distractions or family problems, or this or that arises, and you become totally distracted, and again, it's stolen, it's choked out? Or are you somebody who doesn't allow the enemy to steal it? You, you allow it to take root, and no matter what comes, wind, waves, thorns, you know, bristles, weeds, whatever tries to attack you, spirit, soul, body, or mind, you're so determined that God is faithful and he will fulfill his promises. He says that one will receive 30, 60, and 100 fold above and beyond all I have promised. That's the God we serve. Amen. Numbers 23, 19, God says, God is not a man, so he doesn't lie. He's not a human, so he doesn't change his mind. When he speaks, has he ever failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? No. But we have lost sight of his promise when distractions arise. But we have lost hope when, when the cares of this life have crept in. We need to keep our eyes fixed upon him and his promise. He is always faithful, and he will always fulfill his word, but it's a matter of if we neglect it. Let me show you something here. We're talking about how to receive that breakthrough, okay? There's a man um, named Naaman, and, and the Bible calls him a mighty man of valor, and he was really powerful. Like He, had, he led some great armies and, and got some great, great victories, even though he had leprosy. Okay, and a servant heard about um, this this great prophet. I believe it's Elijah, and that he was healing people. And the servant said to him, "You know, you should go see this person." He tells him about the healings and things like that. And Naaman thought, "I'll go." And so here, here's that's the the start of the story in Second Kings five nine through fourteen. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and waited at the door of Elisha. <laughs> Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. So he didn't bother to go out. And I believe God probably directed him to do it this way. Elisha sent out a messenger to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman, because he's like a mighty man. People know about him. He's popular, right? Naaman becomes angry and stalks away. I thought that was funny. It's kind of like a stomp and a walk. Oh, angry walk away, all right? He stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out and meet me. He said, I expect, um, I'm going to, he said, <laughs> he thought this, it, it would happen in this way. He had a preconceived idea how he would get his breakthrough, how he would get his answer to prayer. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord to heal me. Okay? Aren't the river, and he told him to bathe, dip in the Jordan River, which wasn't the best river. It's probably the dirtiest river. The humblest river. And he says this, aren't there other rivers? Rivers of Damascus, the Abana, the, I don't know how to pronounce them. Anyways, there's better rivers in Israel. <laughs> why should I wash in these and be healed? 
So Naaman turned away and went in a rage. However, one of his servants or his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says to simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman listened, and he took his chance. And he went to the Jordan River, dipped seven times as the man of God had told him. And his skin became healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. What I'm talking today about is the road to breakthrough. So first of all, we've got things that are going to come against you that will hinder you. And sometimes those things that hinder you is your preconceived idea of how you think or when you think God should answer your prayer. How many times have we assumed that God should bring our answer to prayer or our breakthrough in a certain allotted time or way? And because of that, we don't receive it. We give up hope. Naaman almost missed his breakthrough because he um, resisted the way that God wanted to heal him. He didn't want to humble himself to the Jordan River. He wanted some grand, you know, gesture. But I know that God knew what he was doing. He needed him to humble himself. Naaman's road to breakthrough, the suggestion was too easy not big enough, splashy enough. So he became offended and almost missed out. Sometimes God gives us instruction on what we need to do in order to receive our answer. And if you're not willing to be obedient to that specific instruction, you will do without. Do we not think he knows better than us? Right? Sometimes it might be the opposite of Naaman. Naaman, he wanted some grand thing. He wanted something complicated, like if, I, if you do this, you know, or whatever. But it was too easy. For us, it might be too difficult. Lord, that's too difficult. The Lord's asking you, like Daniel, fast 21 days. God moved on Daniel to fast 21 days. You think that he wasn't hungry those 21 days? I'm sure he was hungry. I'm sure he desired the cakes and the cookies. He desired the meat. He was a man. It was a difficult thing God asked him to do. Yet with Naaman, God asked him to do something very simple because he wanted the difficult. It's just the way God does things. Whatever way he says he wants to bring the breakthrough, you let him bring the breakthrough because he's faithful to fulfill it whatever way he sees fit. But he will fulfill it. So God's word and encouragement in that prophetic word that was released to me um, last week was, no matter what the circumstances, he's always faithful to fulfill his promise. So don't let circumstances move you. Circumstances is part of the road to breakthrough. The lesson here is that the road to breakthrough doesn't always look like you thought it would. So don't lose hope. What God said will happen. Hold fast to everything that God has spoken, for he is always moving you towards his purpose. And I'm not going to get into this, this message here, this story about Moses and Aaron. You can write down Numbers 14, 5 through 9. But in this situation, I talked about it briefly. They've already gotten through the Red, Red Sea. They've already gotten through the desert. They saw water come from a rock. They saw manna rain down from heaven. They saw quail come down from heaven. I mean, they're seeing all kinds of moves of God. 
answers, bringing them on this road to breakthrough. Finally, one major, I mean, they're almost there. I mean, they actually see the promised land. I mean, do you ever have that, that miracle in sight? Like, it's so close. You could just taste it. You could just feel it. And then all of a sudden, the biggest attack that you've ever encountered happens. Count it all joy. Because the enemy must see something that you're not quite seeing. You're almost there. He throws a huge wrench in it. And they see giants. Two reports come back, one positive and one negative. One, one couple people, Joshua and Caleb, they see, oh, God, he's faithful. This, this land is amazing. The grapes are the size of a head. <laughs> you know, they're huge. And then the other report is discouragement. These people are giants in our land. How are we going to do this? One lost hope because of discouragement, and one believed God regardless of the circumstance. We have to make a decision of which one are we going to be. There was a number of people who did not enter the promised land because they gave up hope. And then those who continued on pressing through walked, marched around that wall of Jericho and saw the faithfulness of God. There's sometimes there's walls, there's barriers that try to stand in your path. Don't think that God isn't able. If he has to knock down a wall, if he has to rain manna down from heaven, if he has to part a Red Sea, he'll do that. It doesn't matter what stands in our way. We serve the almighty God. This road to breakthrough, sometimes things get in the way, but keep your eyes focused on what God has promised you. Amen? Don't be moved by what you see. Only be moved by the word of God. This is what Jesus spoke to the devil. Man shall not live by bread alone by what we can taste, hear, feel. Man doesn't live just by the natural senses, but we only live by the word that God has spoken, the promise. That's what we should be living on. That's what will prevail in our lives. He said he's always moving us towards his purpose, but hold fast to that. Isn't that good? David was encouraged even though he was discouraged at times. And he says in Psalms 16:8, he says, I keep my eyes always upon the Lord. He's at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. But why, by him saying I will not be shaken means there were some things and opportunity that could shake him. There's always going to be things that are trying to rattle you and shake your faith. But keep your faith and hope in the Lord, for he is faithful. He will make sure his plans are fulfilled. There's nothing we need to fear, for he's always with us. Amen? I want to encourage you. I know by the Spirit of God and by just, just talking about what God's speaking to me and hearing confirmation from, from this person and that person on our ministry team, I know 
that the enemy is trying to discourage the body of Christ. But that's just because you're on the right road. Do not throw in the towel. Do not give up, for you will reap if you faint not. His answers and his promises are always and already yes and amen. He didn't change his mind about what he said to you. And even if you need to pick back up and get on the right road, <laughs> like Abraham did, and continue believing him, no matter what circumstances come your way, he is faithful to fulfill his promises to you. Hallelujah. For some time now, about, I don't know, I'll say three or four months, I've been hearing this in my spirit, and I knew it. And now I'm not like real fast to take a fast. <laughs> Who's excited about a fast? Nobody. Okay. However, I've been getting this in my spirit for some time now about I've been hearing 21-day fast, 21-day fast. And uh, while writing this message, it came. Now's the time. If you are here and you've been believing God for breakthrough, the 21-day fast is the fast for breakthrough. Daniel was set in the word of God as an example of how he received breakthrough. Sometimes you've tried everything. You've tried to stand. You've tried to confess. You've tried to come into agreement with someone. You've still not seen the kind of breakthrough you need. Then God needs you to fast and pray. That means, Lord, I'm serious about this. I'm going to lay hold of this promise, even if it means to sacrifice eating the favorite things that I love so much that you made or that the baker made. <laughs> so Daniel, for 21 days, God specifically told him, meats, sweets, and wine. Don't let it touch your lips. That's what he fasted and prayed during 21 days. For, for you, it might be something different, but let me just say this, that it's more than likely going to be something you love he's asking you to give up. Otherwise, it's not a sacrifice. <laughs> Someone who hates meat and you're a vegetarian and then you're like, no meat, no problem. <laughs> so he's going to say, I don't know, no vegetables? <laughs> I don't know. He might tell you water only. I don't know. Every single time I've fasted, it's been different. But it's funny because I hadn't even done this message yet, but I asked the Lord, Lord, what is it you want me to fast? Well, I don't drink wine, so, but I heard the Lord say, no meats, no sweets. And this is before I did this message not realizing Daniel's fast for breakthrough was no meats, no sweets. So I'm just putting that out there. That's what God showed me. But you pray about what kind of fast do you need to do to lay hold of your breakthrough. Because when we pray and fast, we see from the word of God, angels ascend and descend to bring forth the breakthrough, to fight the battle with us, to resist the enemy, to push back the gates of hell. The reason you haven't laid received your miracle or walked in and received the manifestation of your breakthrough is because you need to do a little more pressing. Get serious about it and kick down the roadblock. 
So I'm inviting you. If you need breakthrough and you have been standing and standing and standing, it's time you get a little more serious and fast and pray. Seek the Lord. So I'm calling the church to pray. Not just like a little Father bless us food, but a 21-day season of prayer. I believe it'll end us on the 14th of August, if I'm doing it right, which is before prophetic voice too. But make some specific lists of what it is your breakthrough is that you want. Deliverance for a family member, healing for your body, provision, spiritual acceleration, whatever it is that you want from the Lord, be specific and press through like the woman with the issue of blood. Press through the roadblock and lay hold of your miracle. Amen? Amen. I just want to pray a prayer over you. Hallelujah. Taylor, you can come on up. Father, we just thank you and praise you, Lord. Father, we just thank you and praise you for breakthrough. We thank you, Lord, for that word, Lord, that lets us know that we're not on the right, wrong path. That word that lets us know that when we're on the right path, the enemy sends the enemy to try to hinder us. God delivered this word this morning so that you wouldn't give up hope. Your answer is on its way. He has already loosed angels on assignment to bring the answer. Look past that roadblock. Go around it. Press through it. Knock it down. Get serious on your face before the Lord. Fast and pray the fast of breakthrough for 21 days with me. For some are addicted to coffee. Give it up for 21 days. Ask the Lord what it is he wants you to give up and surrender and sacrifice. Maybe TV. Whatever it is, it's worth it for your breakthrough. And I just, I know that God has spoken to me that breakthrough is here for me. I heard him. In the midst of circumstances, he actually spoke breakthroughs here. There's a spirit of breakthrough being released right now. And so the word of God says, freely you have received, now freely give. Well, he already gave it to me, and I want to give it. So if you've been standing and standing now, I encourage you still pray and fast, but if you want just a release of the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage, destroys that roadblock, that hindrance, then, then come on up here. I just want to lay hands on you real quick and release